know how true this is. It's my favorite book of the Bible. And Tim's been in this series titled Solomon Says. And when he came and talked to me about being in this series, he's like, hey, I want, I just want to invite you. Do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to preach? You can preach the sermon series or you can preach your own thing. And I'm like, the wisest thing to do would be to preach it, right? <laughs> no pun intended. Well, kind of was. <laughs> but really, I would be a fool to say no. <laughs> so I had to do it. Um, it's my favorite book of the Bible, like I said. And I just love the practicality of it. I love how, I mean, it just, it's straightforward. It's honest. It just tells you how it is. You do this, things are going to go great. You do this, it's not going to be great. It's going to be a problem. And I don't know if it's a guy thing, but I just like to be told the simple truth. <laughs> and then just go from there. Anyways, so, so let's get started. The Bible has a lot to say about shepherds and sheep. Did you know that? And why do you think that is? Why do you think it says so much about sheep and shepherds? We see them come up throughout Scripture often, right? All the way back to Genesis. And then, I mean, it seems like it's just, I mean, you even go all the way to Revelation, and it talks about Jesus being the spotless lamb, right? The lamb of God who is the perfect sacrifice for us. Now, really, the biggest reason why it talks so much about these is because we have quite sheep-like tendencies. If you didn't know that, you're very much like a sheep. Look to your neighbor and say, you're a sheep. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> you can't help it. <laughs> it's what you are. You're like a sheep. And you, if anyone ever says, you know, you're just a sheep, you just follow everyone. Like, I can't help myself. It's what, it's what we do. We're made to follow. If you didn't know that, it's just a matter of who you're following, right? One of the most important attributes of a sheep is their desire to flock with others, to be with other people, with other sheep. And it's an important attribute because they need each other, as well as they need a shepherd to guide them and lead them throughout their life. It's very, very similar to what we have to do with. They have this innate behavior to flock together to be with one another, and it's their greatest strength to flock together. It's also one of our greatest strengths, if you didn't know that. I'm here to tell you it is. <laughs> one of our greatest strengths is being together. It's why this, what we're doing right now, is so important. It's so vital, why it's so necessary to our faith in Christ. Our strength as a flock comes under the Good Shepherd, and as a flock under the Good Shepherd, it's our unity and our companionship under his leadership and not our tendency to wander off. That's what our strength is, is under his leadership in unity. Both of those things are super important. Although sheep have it wired inside them to be together, every once in a while, something goes wrong and they wander off, right? They get lost. Jesus talked about it. He has, has a parable all about it, the lost sheep, which people have made incredible songs. Corey Osbury is one of them. But we can't be a strong church with believers all in isolation. 
Because we cannot have a strong flock without the she- with the sheep all wandering off. How strong would a flock be if all the sheep were dispersing constantly? <laughs> right? I mean, it would drive the shepherd mad, right? <laughs> but we have a tendency to do that sometimes, right? We can wander off, we can get off track, we can veer off course, get away from each other. Sometimes we need some space, right? All the introverts said amen. <laughs> I'm not an introvert, so I'm not saying amen. <laughs> but the strength of the sheep is in their flocking behavior. And the devil knows this about them because he knows we're like sheep and he knows that's something about us that's important. The strength of the flock is in them flocking, being together. That's why he tries to get us to wander off, to get away from the rest of the flock. He tries to get us off course. He, he knows this truth to be true. He knows what Solomon would say is true too. And if you want to put the graphic up, a lone sheep is a dead sheep. Right? We've heard the scripture that says the devil prowls around like what? A roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Someone to take out. Who's he going to take out? Is he going to go after the flock? Or if there's one lone sheep off in the distance, where's where's he going to go? Who's he going to go after? He's going to go after the lone sheep. Lone sheep is a dead sheep. He's going to go after that one. They're easy. They're easy targets. Proverbs 18.1, this is where all this comes from. Proverbs 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. New Living Translation says, unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. I mean, this is why I love Proverbs. It's like, yes, it's absolutely true. People who isolate themselves have a tendency to be very unfriendly people a lot of the time, right? (laughs) That's why I think there's different translations say it differently. It's really speaking about the same person. But those who isolate themselves, they seek their own desire. If you've ever met an unfriendly or self-isolated Christian, you know this to be true. They tend to be unfriendly. They only spout their opinions and anyone who thinks contrary to it, they're like, you're wrong. You're part of the problem. They are masters at starting fights. <laughs> the masters at getting into arguments. They're real good at it. They claim to know all the ways church is supposed to look, even though they'd rather not gather with the church, which is literally what it's called is gathering. <laughs> but they care only about themselves and what they want. If anyone has something to say against it, then they just write them off. Now, understand people can be the worst sometimes, right? Hopefully it's not the person next to you. (laughs) But we all have a tendency to be terrible sometimes, every once in a while, right? (laughs) But this safety for you is not in isolation from everybody else. Because the tendency that we have to wander off largely oftentimes comes from offense and bitterness and hurt. We had a word that was shared about it today. (laughs) That's sometimes what spurs people to leave. Well, you have no idea what they did to me. You have no idea what they said to me. Well, 
I mean, you look at Jesus, he, he chose to still forgive the disciples after they all abandoned him, right? <laughs> it's not even in my notes. <laughs> you might be thinking, it's not Jesus that I have a problem with, it's his church. They're the ones that I have the issues with. Jesus and I, we're good. We got no problems. Let me paint the picture for you like this. Now imagine, I'm not going to have my wife come up here, but imagine if I were to go up to her and say, baby, I love your face. The rest of you is terrible, but your face is great. <laughs> right? We're called the body of Christ, right? He's the head. That's all I hear when people say that. Jesus and I are good, but the rest of him is awful. Now, it's not a problem to acknowledge some flaws and failures and things people need to work on from time to time, right? Because we all have them. But to just simply write somebody off and say, you know, Jesus and I are good, but the rest of him I want nothing to do with. That would make absolutely no sense in a relationship, right? It wouldn't make any sense. To say that to somebody. I love your head, I love your face, but the rest of you is repulsive. Doesn't make any sense, right? I want you to understand that there's some big differences between a sheep that's with the flock and a sheep that's all alone. A sheep that's off by itself. There's some key differences, and number one I want to bring to your attention is a sheep with the flock is safer. But a lone sheep is an easy target. I laid it out for you with the example with the devil going around looking for somebody to devour. He's not going to go after the ones that are nearby the shepherd who could smack him in the head with his, with his staff, right? We can trust that Jesus is going to take care of us and he's going to protect us. But don't test him in it. <laughs> Don't try to wander off as far as possible to see how far you can get before Jesus hunts you down and brings you back to the flock. Proverbs 1, this is the start of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1, 32 through 33, it says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. Look to your neighbor and say, don't be a fool. That means don't be complacent. <laughs> You need to know what that means. Look it up. <laughs> but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. That sounds like a sheep who's Psalm 23 kind of sheep. I am in peace. I, I doesn't matter where I am. If I've got the shepherd next to me, I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> No storm is going to overtake me. I dwell secure. I will be at ease without dread of disaster. Now, things can go wrong from time to time. We experienced that this morning with the sound. <laughs> but you're not going to be in disaster. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen? We are called to love one another. This is where it comes into the togetherness. Not just us and Jesus being next to the shepherd, but you're by the shepherd, and he's where he wants to be, 
Because he doesn't always want to have to leave the rest of the flock, right? Then you're by other sheep, right? You're with the others. We are called to love one another, and we can't if we never are close to each other. You can't love one another if there's nobody to love. You can say, well, I love myself. I don't know. That's, that's a different sermon. A sheep knows they're safe with the flock, and they're safe near the shepherd. Sheep actually feel very, very afraid and nervous when they're alone. The key thing, though, is that they find out and come to the realization they're alone. (laughs) Because sheep can wander off, and they're not wandering off because they're like, I'm getting away from these people. (laughs) Oftentimes, something gets their attention, they get distracted, they get scared away by some predator that comes in, or they think one of the sheep is a predator. (laughs) They can wander off easily, and then once they get in their mind, they go up to the thing and they're oh, that's just a rock. Wait a second. Where am I? <laughs> they come to this realization, they get incredibly nervous and afraid, and rightly so, because they're like, I'm an easy target. <laughs> they're going to come after me. They're not coming after anyone else. One article I found, titled Eight Reasons Sheep Wander Off, has this to say, sheep need at least five of them together to have a sense of safety about them. If they have less than that, they don't feel safe. Some of you might be thinking, well, three's a crowd. Well, not according to this. (laughs) They need five. And I think we're the same way. We need a strong flock with us. We need a group of people. It's not just going to do to confide in just one person. That's why if you're married, you need to have more relationships than just your spouse. That's, I mean, Tim preached on marriage last week, right? (laughs) But we have this tendency, too. We have this need about us. We won't really truly feel satisfied and safe and secure in our life and in our relationships if they're lacking. One reason I thought about this, I'm a youth pastor, okay? And I I was reading this, and I'm like, you need five. Well, that's got to be why girls wander off to the bathroom together. They all just wander off together. They don't feel safe in the bathroom if they don't have their friends there. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, my own, one of my own kids for the longest time was like, he would ne- never use the bathroom without us in there. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to be in here when you're doing number two. I just don't. <laughs> and he would just be distraught, crying. I'm scared. Guys, we're not immune to this matter either. <laughs> There's a reason why a group of guys is capable of a lot dumber, unsafe things. <laughs> because when they're together, they're like, we can do this. We're safe. We can do this dumb thing. They feel safe to do unsafe things. <laughs> but really, in all seriousness, I want to ask you, I want you to think about this truth. Do you have at least five relationships in your life that, and I'm not talking like you just talk about the weather, which has been great today, right? But you have actual five relationships in your life that you would say, when things get tough, I can go to them 
And not just go to them and have them just be a yes man, but actually tell you the truth. Say, hey, that's not right thinking. (laughs) That's not what the scripture says. That response you had in that situation was actually sinful. It was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. But also people who can encourage you, as long as it's called today, like Hebrews says, to build you up and encourage you in your faith, but also bring correction and rebuke when you need it. Do you have people like that in your life? At least five people, because it's important. You can try to lone wolf it all you want in your life, but the honest truth is that in the kingdom of God, there's no lone wolves. There's only lost sheep. There's only people that are wandering off. (laughs) Or people that are in the flock. It's one or the other. Now hopefully you don't become a lone wolf, actual wolf in the church and cause division. We won't get into that. But the devil wants you to wander off. He wants you to think, you can do it by yourself. You don't need them. You and Jesus are fine. Because he was actually around in the garden in the beginning and knows that God said it's not good for man to be alone. He knows this. And he's trying to work his way around it to get you to wander off and then he can get you. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. I've never heard of someone who's a Christian and has blown off the church be in a healthy mental place. I've never heard it. I've never heard them in a place that's actually good where you're like, man, you just, you just seem like a real healthy person. You got your head on straight. You got things together. You're not bitter at all. <laughs> right? Those who isolate themselves from the flock are isolating themselves from what's actually going to grow their faith increase their strength, make them stronger. You are stronger together. We learned all that with COVID, right? At least I hope so. Solomon says people who isolate themselves are unfriendly. They're unfriendly and they don't have common sense and they don't break out. They break out against all sound judgment. They don't want to hear anything anyone has to say. I got it figured out. I'm, I'm a self-made man. I can figure this out myself. Those are the people that end up completely broken. Sounds like a lost sheep in need of a good shepherd and a healthy flock. When Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep, here's the thing that God really revealed to me with that parable that I never saw before until I was studying this. He goes after the, the lost one, right? He goes to it, but he doesn't go there and just go and sit down and be like, you know, I really don't like the rest of the 99 either. <laughs> I understand how you feel. <laughs> and then he doesn't just sit down with them and just take it easy and be like, you know what? I'll just go back when you're ready. Or maybe we don't have to go back at all. Let's do our own thing here. Just you and me. What do you say? That's not Jesus, right? That would be a foolish shepherd. And that's not our our God, right? He grabs the sheep. He may take a look at the sheep, see what's happened, if there's a broken leg or something, if there's problems, assess them, and then he picks it up and does what? 
he brings it back. He brings the sheep back to the rest of the flock. I never actually saw that because when I read that parable so many times, I'm like, oh, yes, you come after me, Lord. You seek me. You find me. You hunt me down. Your love's relentless. Rest. But he actually chases you down to get you back with the rest. To bring you back to the rest of the sheep who are healthy and fine. <laughs> to get you healthy and fine. <laughs> and it's not going to be found outside the flock. A sheep with the flock is a safe one. Another interesting fact about sheep is that they, their tendency to wander off, they have this thing called a flight zone. Our understanding of this in human terms would be like a personal bubble. Some of you have a real big personal bubble. <laughs> All the extroverts said amen to that one. <laughs> but this flight zone, it's described in this article that I read as the amount of space a sheep needs to feel safe and comfortable without the urge to flee, without the urge to run off. And I read that, and I'm like, wow, that is so much like us. <laughs> we oftentimes have this personal bubble. We won't let people in to our life past a certain point. And once they get in past that, we take off. <laughs> oftentimes it's, when something happens to us we don't like, and then there's some character qualities that come out of us that we don't like, and honestly that Jesus doesn't like either. And then we're like, oh no, you saw that about me. It oftentimes happens in the first year of marriage to people. But really, we do this where we, we keep our distance from people. Because we have this sense of like, if you get to know me, you actually won't like me. Well, how do you know? As well as your safety isn't found in keeping people away. Your safety is actually found in keeping people close. And the enemy is wanting you to keep the distance, have your flight zone huge. Because one tendency with sheep is that when their flight zone gets too big, they take off. They wander off. That's when they... They jump ship, they get away from the rest of the flock, and then the shepherd has to, all right, here we go again, and go after them. How big is your flight zone? <laughs> we all need our space, okay? This is true. Having some time and some space is important. But eventually, you got to get back. <laughs> this might be for some people online watching. <laughs> Eventually, you need to come back to the rest of the flock because that's where your safety is found. The more relaxed a sheep feels, the smaller their flight zone is and the smaller their personal bubble. Some of you have not felt relaxed in the church for a very long time, and it shows. Now, this is for the people that are in the flock and see others. Be aware. Don't just... Dive into their life, force your way in too much, because that actually might cause them to run. But see what they're up to. Invite them to things from time to time. Invite them over to your house, and they say, hey, what scripture have you been reading? What verses have you been learning about? What's God doing in your life right now? You know, 
maybe just a little bit bring it into the conversation and start to see where they're at. And then as they start to share their heart and where they're at and the wounds they have, the hurts they've got, be love to them, show the love of God to them, and say, hey, nobody's perfect. It includes you, that includes me, that includes the people that have offended you. But I know the safest place for you to be is not alone. The safest place to be is with others. Amen? The more threatened a sheep feels, the more likely they are to just take off. They lose common sense. If you've ever seen sheep off alone, you can see that. (laughs) They oftentimes do some pretty stupid things. There's this show that I've been watching with Caitlin, and it's called Alone, if you guys have ever seen it. It's real interesting. (laughs) But there was one season we watched was last year. It was season eight, and at the end of the season, they, they went through this recap through all the seasons that they had of some of the terrible things that have happened on the show. <laughs> they showed some cool stuff, too. They're like, here's the most amazing shelters people have made. And it's like, wow, that's pretty incredible. People have built that. But then they also said, here's some of the most freak accidents that happened on the show, that some of the worst things that they did. And there was some terrible stuff that happened. <laughs> I mean, people like, had to call for medical attention immediately because they like got close to an artery, almost cut their hand off, fell down and tripped, and now they can't get up, stuff like that. I mean, it was really rough things sometimes. And I would imagine if they weren't alone, there would have been somebody there to speak common sense to them and say, hey, that's a bad idea. I wouldn't do that. Right? Hey, I wouldn't advise that. People have done far worse with far less. (laughs) You're going to make a mistake. You're going to hurt yourself. That's why we need each other. If God has brought you to a flock, maybe it's us here right now, just the church in general, and you feel this tug in your heart of like, man, I'm giving this a chance. I'm going to see how this goes. I pray you keep giving it a chance. Don't give up on the church because Jesus has it, right? Point number two, a sheep with the flock is stronger, but a lone sheep is easily defeated. This has some similarities to the first one, but I think it's important to make mention of a sheep with the flock is stronger, but a lone sheep is easily defeated. There's a passage of scripture, not in Proverbs, but it's still Solomon who shares it in Ecclesiastes. It's oftentimes used at weddings, and it fits there. But that's actually not even the original purpose for why it was written. It's written for just human companionship, the importance of having people in your life, and people in your life that are going to make you stronger. In Ecclesiastes 4 is where this is found. Many of you probably know what I'm about to read. But verse 7 through 12, New Living Translation says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless. Under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone. All the single people say amen, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's not what this passage is about. Without a child or a brother, no family, No family relationship. And Jesus 
talked about the church being likened to a family, right? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? That's the words Jesus said. But then he asks them, he says, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. Sounds like the American dream, right? I'll let that preach another time. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. Stronger together, right? If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Thank God we didn't have to be too close this morning, right? (laughs) But how can one be warm alone? It's one thing they struggled with on the show alone. to keep warm at times. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. The weakest sheep are not the youngest. They're actually the alone ones. The weakest sheep are the ones by themselves. I don't care how muscular they are. They don't have the strength of the flock, as well as the shepherd next to them. This goes for the church, too. The strongest believers are the ones in the flock. And the devil knows this. That's why he tries to get you alone. That's why he tries to get you off by yourself. And then he can really start to do some work. Don't take the bait. Don't wander off. The weakest believers are not the newest believers either. They're the lone believers. Have you ever met a new believer? (laughs) Like someone who came to faith, you can see a tangible change in them. It's like nothing can stop them, right? (laughs) But there are also people who are like not by themselves. They're like, man, I love Jesus like crazy. And I love his church. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to go to every single church function there is. All the pastoral staff loves these people. <laughs> We're like, yes, anything we do, they actually show up. <laughs> but really, new believers, there's some strength about them that it seems like some people just don't have that have been in the faith for years because they've lost that sense of companionship or that they, they haven't seen the need for companionship or they've been hurt by their companions, Right? They've been damaged by them over the years, and they, they're questioning whether or not this is really where they should be. They're like, well, these people are just the worst sometimes. You have no idea what they said to me. Well, Jesus is saying, sure I do. Let's go back and take care of it. Your strength is not found by yourself. It's found with the flock. Amen. In this passage in Ecclesiastes, Solomon is warning against two things. Living life alone because you just won't make it. You can't do it. It's the language he says in here. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. You need other people. 
And then the other point he has is living life for yourself because you'll regret it. That's what happens towards the beginning of this passage. This guy seen alone, accruing incredible amount of wealth for himself, comes to this realization of what have I been doing with my life? Who's ever going to benefit from this? I die, it stays here. (laughs) Nobody else gets anything. And I've wasted so much time just accruing wealth and benefits for me. That's not worth it. The person ends up having regrets at the end. Like the verse at the start, someone in isolation is only concerned with themselves. They're only looking for their own interests, what they want. That's even how people look for a church today oftentimes. And I think Tim's alluded to it in the past few weeks. You know, people that go to the church and they're like, you know, I'm going to check this church out and see what they have for me. (laughs) I'm going to check out this church and see what they have to offer me. (laughs) I'm building my kingdom. It's not the church. Church isn't just for you. It's for the flock, right? If there wasn't a flock, there wouldn't be a church because the word ecclesia means gathering, coming together, called out ones, assembly. You need it. You need it for your strength. Oftentimes we go to a church and say, well, that wasn't for me, or I just wasn't into that. I just didn't like that. I'll start serving when it benefits me. (laughs) I'll start attending when I know that I like it. (laughs) Right? I mean, we honestly check out things online now, right? That's what's described as the foyer of the church today is the online service. (laughs) We check things out online and we're like, I don't know if I like that church. I'm going, I don't want to get anywhere near people because then they might, be somebody I want to be by. (laughs) And then I have to stay. (laughs) Or maybe the opposite. Maybe there'll be people I don't like and I don't want to be around them. So we sit in the comfort of distance, right? In space between us. And it's actually not for your benefit. It's for your destruction. It's for the enemy to take advantage of it. Last few months, we've had some challenges. I know for myself, I've had some challenges in my own walk with the Lord and things that have happened in my life. And I'm, I've had people in my life be able to be that back-to-back person for me. And I go to them, I call them, and I say, I'm really not doing great right now. <laughs> I'm really frustrated. And I dump my guts. And they listen to me. That's the important thing. Listen, okay? (laughs) And then they tell me what I need to hear, not necessarily what I want to hear. And the importance is to yield to it. And they go, let's do this. I'll stand with you, back to back with you. I just need to know you're not going to stab me in the back. (laughs) Right? We need people like this in our life because that's who's going to conquer That's who's going to be able to stand the devil's schemes, stand up against them. Interesting fact that I found, I felt like God was just revealing this to me 
the connection to Scripture that talks about we are more than conquerors. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't say you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus? Have you? Because for me, I hadn't. I was, I'm like, for you are more than conquerors. Wait, that's not what it says. It says, for now, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That we, I think, is super important. And when I read this passage in Ecclesiastes, it just like, there was the connection. I'm like, wow, that makes sense. Of course, it's a we that's there. Because we need that in order to conquer. So in order to fight the battles that come our way, we need to have a group. It says a three-braided cord is not easily broken. We need that relationship with other people. And that's how we're going to have the victory. Do you want the victory? Do you want the, the ability to conquer the battles you face and the challenges that come your way? It's not going to be found in isolation from the flock. You're not going to be able to do it. You need people. You need other sheep. Point number three, and I'm going to wrap this up. We've got to close this, huh? I like that it's only one service. I can drag it out a little bit longer. <laughs> Is this working for anybody? Yeah? Good. Point number three. A sheep who's close sees more clearly, but a lone sheep is scared easily. Sheep themselves are very fearful animals. It's just it's what they do. I mean, I think of a time that I went to, like, it was like a state fair or something, and there's sheep in the pen. And I just go stretch my hand out to just even pet them on the head, and they're like, ah! I'm like, I'm not going to do anything to you. I just, just want to feel how soft you are. I've heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> but they get, they get scared easily. And the more isolated they are, the more easily scared they become. It's easy to be scared. It's easy to be running off and jumping at every small thing. A really interesting fact I saw that was in this article was the vision that sheep have. It's really, really weird. Their eyes are like kind of on the sides of their face. Okay, It's not on the front like us. It's on the sides. And they have a really elongated pupil. It looks almost like a rectangle. You can Google it yourself, picture of a sheep's eye if you want. <laughs> you might get some science projects, though. <laughs> but in this article, it says their vision, it creates an incredible peripheral vision for them, but it makes them extremely nearsighted. They can't see something unless it's directly right here. They can't see it at all, like really clearly. It's extremely fuzzy. I mean, it makes sense why they would be so scared all the time, right? Everything looks like a wolf. <laughs> They're terrified. Even the sheepdog in the flock is trying to protect them and keep them safe. Ah! It's trying to kill me. They think everything's out to get them. Does that sound like us sometimes? Right? Does that sound like people in isolation? Everything's trying to devour me. You have no idea, Jesus. Actually, I do. <laughs> We can lose our focus at times. When we get close to other sheep, we can see that they're a sheep, right? 
when we get close to other people, we can see who they really are. And oftentimes, that's what distances ourselves because it means somebody else sees us clearly too. And we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want them to see who we are. Well, how are you supposed to improve and grow in your faith and be strengthened if they don't? And that includes us with Jesus. How is he supposed to be able to speak into your life the problems that are there because they're there if you're not letting him even get there? If you're not close to allow him to speak into you, to speak truth to you? We like people prophesying over us unless it brings up some dirty laundry, <laughs> right? Then... No, I'm not going to that prophetic conference. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not going to go to that thing. We oftentimes make assumptions about someone before we even get to know them, right? We come to these conclusions in our head. I know exactly who you are. Somebody else in my life did that same thing, and this is who they were. People are not the same across the board. We have similar tendencies from time to time but maybe somebody's in your life to actually bring healing from the damage that's been done in the past. To be able to bring the healing that you're needing. Right? We need people in our life because, and we, we don't just need people in our life, but we need to be having people close to us and us close to them. Because that's where we're going to actually see clearly. When you're in isolation, you have a tendency to jump to assumptions about your problem. And then somebody else comes in, speaks scripture to you, speaks truth to you, and you go, wow, I never saw it from that perspective. Exactly. That's <laughs> why we need people, right? We don't see Jesus clearly sometimes either, and we need our closeness with him. We need closeness with him. I mean, you can see people outside the church that have perspectives of who God is, and they paint him as an angry, vengeful wrath God, a God who isn't loving, because if he was, there wouldn't be all these problems, there wouldn't be these issues. If God was so loving towards the world, he'd do this. Well, my response to that is, you just don't see him clearly. <laughs> you just don't see him the way I do. And that should be something to explain having grace, mercy, being patient with other people as they doubt. I don't know, maybe that could be some of, the, some of the people here. You've been, maybe I need to go to church and see this thing. Maybe I'm seeing God in a different light than is reality. Well, I hope that you see things clearly today of who Jesus is. I hope you have an encounter with him that changes your perspective. Oftentimes, people in the church being hypocrites, hypercritical, not having many of the fruits of the Spirit can be a problem. Because it is, right? But do not allow the problems you've had in the church to isolate you from his flock. I'm going to have the prayer people come on forward. Katie, you can come up here and do a little ditty on there. <laughs> I want everyone to stand up. There's a passage of scripture here, and I want to read over you guys, pray over you, speak to you. Let it speak to you. 
It's a passage found in Jude, and it's only one chapter, verses 17 through 23. The conference that we went to as a youth group at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, they do this thing where they say, everyone put out your hands, and they, they bless the congregation. They bless the people. They say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to speak a blessing over you before you leave. And how many of you want to be blessed? <laughs> I do, right? So let me read this. Again, it's Jude 17 through 23. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. People only caring about themselves. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit, no fruits of the spirit present. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Lord, we need that today. We need that in our world today. Keep us in the love of God. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the wrath, the mercy that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Today, I bless you. I bless you with the love of God. To love when it's hard. <laughs> to care about people when other people don't. To desire to find those that have wandered off and help them get back to the flock when other people have been bitter towards them, written them off, shoved them out the door. I pray that you would show mercy. Because the Lord says, Mercy I desire. This is what I desire. That you would hate even the garment stained by the flesh. That you would have a fear of the Lord to do what he says, not what other people say. To love him and allow that love to overflow out of you into loving others. I pray that you would be keeping yourselves in the love of God. Jesus' name, amen.